Job is the first book in the Old Testament written in a more poetic style instead of the Law or Torah of the first five books, then the more historical events in the next seven books. Job wrestles with two questions. Why do righteous people have to suffer, and why do righteous people choose to be righteous? While there are no simple answers to these questions, Job teaches us to exercise faith in God and look beyond this life's challenges to the resurrection made possible by our Savior Jesus Christ. We don't know exactly when Job lived on the earth, but it was probably in the 3,000 years after the flood and before the prophet Ezekiel. Job lived in the land of Uz and was perfect and upright, feared God, and eschewed evil. In this case, perfect probably meant blameless, complete, whole, or with integrity. Job had seven sons and three daughters. He was the greatest of all the men in the east with 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys. His sons and daughters feasted in their houses, and Job rose up early in the morning, sanctified them, and offered burnt offerings in case they may have sinned. The verses starting in Job chapter 1 verse 6 are meant to emphasize Satan's role as our adversary and accuser, and not to describe how God and Satan really interact with each other. One day the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord, and Satan came among them. The Lord asked Satan where he came from, and he said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. The Lord said, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Satan asked if Job only feared God because he had blessed and protected him so much. Satan said that if God put forth his hand and touched Job, then Job would curse God to his face. The Lord then gave Satan power to destroy all that Job had, but not to kill him. A messenger told Job that Sabians had taken all of his oxen and donkeys and killed his servants. A second messenger then said that the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up his sheep and servants. Before he was finished, a third messenger said that Chaldeans took his camels and killed his servants. Finally, a fourth messenger said that Job's children were all killed when a great wind caused the eldest son's house to fall on them while they were eating. When Job heard this, he rose up and rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down on the ground and worshipped, saying, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. So far, Satan had only taken away Job's children and possessions. But now he said that if the Lord put forth his hand and touched Job's bone and flesh, affecting his health, Job would curse the Lord to his face. The Lord told Satan that Job was now in his hand, but he must not take Job's life. Satan smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Job took a piece of pottery to scrape himself with and sat down among the ashes. His wife asked if he still retained his integrity and said that he should curse God and die. But Job did not sin with his lips and told her that she spoke as a foolish woman. He asked her, Shall we receive good at the hand of God and not receive evil? Three of Job's friends, Eliphas, Bildad, and Zophar, heard of all the evil that had come over Job, and came over to mourn with and comfort him. They lifted up their eyes when they were far off but did not recognize him, and then lifted up their voices and wept. 
Each man rent his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. They sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights, and no one spoke when they saw how great his grief was. When Job finally opened his mouth, he cursed the day he was born, saying it should be darkness, and God should not regard it from above or let light shine upon it. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, or was I quiet. Yet trouble came. Oh, that my grief were thoroughly weighed, and my calamity laid in the balances together. For now it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore my words are swallowed up. Eliphas reminded Job how he had instructed others and strengthened their weak hands and feeble knees. But now he was troubled and fearful. He accused Job of not fearing God and said, Remember, I pray thee, whoever perished, being innocent. Or where were the righteous cut off? Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. By the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his nostrils are they consumed. He said that Job had cast off fear, restrained prayer before God, and that his own mouth and lips condemned and testified against him. Then Bildad asked, How long wilt thou speak these things, and the words of thy mouth be like a strong wind? Doth God pervert judgment or justice? He asked Job if his children had sinned against God, and if he had cast them away for their transgression. Bildad said, If thou wouldest seek unto God betimes, and make thy supplication to the Almighty, if thou were pure and upright, surely now he would awake for thee, and make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. Behold, God will not cast away a perfect man, neither will he help the evildoers. Zophar then asked, Should not the multitude of words be answered, and should a man full of talk be justified? Should thy lies make men hold their peace? And when thou mockest, shall no man make thee ashamed? For thou hast said, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in thine eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips against thee, and that he would shew thee the secrets of wisdom, that they are double to that which is. Know therefore that God exacteth of thee less than thine iniquity deserveth. Job's friends said that his tragedies had come because of his sin. But Job knew that those who suffer often don't deserve their suffering, and replied, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Shall vain words have an end? Or what emboldeneth thee that thou answerest? I also could speak as ye do, if your soul were in my soul's stead. I could heap up words against you and shake mine head at you, but I would strengthen you with my mouth, and the moving of my lips should assuage your grief. Job did not know why he suffered, but he knew who he could trust, and said, I will say unto God, Do not condemn me, shew me wherefore thou contendest with me. If I be wicked, woe unto me, and if I be righteous, yet will I not lift up my head. I am full of confusion, therefore see thou mine affliction. He said, Hold your peace, let me alone, that I may speak, and let come on me what will. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation, for an hypocrite shall not come before him. Job spoke of his sorrow of death. My breath is corrupt, my days are extinct, the graves are ready for me, and where is now my hope? Who shall see it? Bildad talked of the state of the wicked who did not know God, and Job answered, 
How long will ye vex my soul and break me in pieces with words? These ten times have ye reproached me. Ye are not ashamed that ye make yourselves strange to me. Job said that young children despised and spoke against him. His friends abhorred him, and all he loved turned against him. He asked his friends to have pity upon him, for the hand of God hath touched me. Why do ye persecute me as God, and are not satisfied with my flesh, meaning his suffering? Oh, that my words were now written and printed in a book, graven with an iron pen in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Job's friends said that the wicked cannot prosper. But Job responded that while they sometimes prosper with their worldly possessions, the Lord will ultimately deliver justice on the day of judgment. Job said that by allowing him to experience trials, the Lord had blessed him in many ways. He knew the Lord would give him strength, and through his trials he would come forth as gold. Job's friends continued to challenge him, but with humility and integrity, he testified of his faith in God. A fourth friend, named Elihu, also spoke out against Job and his three other friends, because he believed they had not answered his questions or been firm enough with him. He told about challenges that everyone faces in their life, but Job knew it was important to keep it in the right perspective. The Lord said to Job out of a whirlwind, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? He told Job to gird up his loins and asked, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Who laid the measures, stretched the line upon it, or laid the cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, Job answered the Lord, I know thou canst do everything, and no thought can be withholden from thee. He knew the Lord had given things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore I abhor myself, and repent in dust and ashes. The Lord then told Elipheus, my wrath is kindled against thee and thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. He commanded them to take seven bullocks and rams to Job and offer up a burnt offering. Job's friends did as they were commanded. Job prayed for them, and the Lord accepted him and blessed him with twice as much as he had before. All his brothers, sisters, and acquaintances came to his house, ate bread with him, comforted him, and gave him money and a gold earring. The Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning, and he had twice as many animals as before, and seven sons and three beautiful daughters. Job gave them an inheritance and lived a hundred and forty more years, then died, being old and full of days. While God tested Job's faith, he never abandoned him. When Job's friends questioned if he was a good man, Job knew he was righteous and kept his integrity and faith in Jesus Christ while he suffered and wondered about God. Job taught us that we can have both faith and questions in God and said, Yet I will trust in him. He endured his trials because of his great faith and trust in the Lord, who sustained him in his suffering. And this is the book of Job in the Old Testament. Look for hidden images located throughout the video. 
You can support Ponder Fun on our Patreon page and download coloring pages and activities on Etsy at Ponder Fun. Visit our PonderFun.com website and Facebook page to find more fun things to do. And you can listen to these as a podcast. Please like and share these videos with anyone you think might enjoy them. Also, please subscribe to this PonderFun YouTube channel and you'll be notified whenever I make new videos. Thanks again for watching and find some time this week to ponder.